0: Welcome to our special weekly podcast SME SOS. Each week I'll be sharing this additional podcast taken from my weekly live interviews on Instagram with industry leaders and founders all of whom share their insights and advice for businesses navigating this unprecedented time of uncertainty but also opportunity. My usual podcast Conversations of Inspiration is still coming out every Monday where I share soul, Founder stories or those who simply inspire me. But thanks to Dell, we are able to continue creating this unique podcast for the small business community at a time where we need all the advice we can get.
1: Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown.
0: Welcome to SME SOS, the podcast. Each week I'm Blown away by the openness and insight that my guests share. But this week, I was utterly honoured to be joined by two phenomenally strong women Anna Hill, the general manager of WW, Weight Watchers Reimagined, and Marisa Horden, founder and creative director of Missima. Two totally brilliant women with inspiring leadership qualities who were so beautifully open with me shared a vulnerability that epitomizes exactly why women are such brilliant leaders. It takes me back actually to Sahar Hashimi and her speech at the Congregation of Inspiration where she shared her belief that this is the age of the female entrepreneur. It was such a powerful moment and one that will stay with me forever. She's actually joining me on Wednesday, the 14th of October for a brilliant breakfast in aid of women supporting women where we'll be discussing this very subject. I do hope you're able to join us. And for more information, just head over to my Instagram. So on the subject of brilliant women, my first guest this week is Anna Hill, General Manager of WW, and has spent 19 years at Disney, rising all the way up to CMO, before joining WW, where not only has she taken on the rebrand from Weight Watchers, she also had to lead the digitisation of the brand through COVID. For everyone out there that are small businesses, just tell
2: me about that process of rebranding and how that's been for you. So it's not only changing the name, but it's changing what people understand the product to be. Well, I was gonna gonna touch on that because was it a big undertaking? It was a really big undertaking. So we overnight closed our workshops and within six days, we moved all of those workshops and we were running over 5,000 a week my goodness and we moved them on to zoom now the company said this is our one priority this is the one thing we want everyone to focus on doing this is this is the key here isn't it and we're going
0: to talk about team but you focused in on the focus you know if you had not all had that one goal if you know you wouldn't have been able to achieve what you did in such a fast period of time. And we we do tend to get distracted, don't we, in lots of things. But WW did that. They were able to have that personal connection. Personal connection must be paramount even more. I mean, it was everything that WW was built off anyway. But now in this digital time, how
2: are you experiencing connection? Community has been part of Weight Watchers, and now WW, since the very beginning, it all started with supporting each other. So our workshops, these physical experiences, are brilliant ways for people to get together. But there are so many restrictions that we have to, you know, make sure that the virtual, the the one through Zoom are gonna be there throughout because that's really the only route that we can all be confident is gonna be there, you know, over this- Longer term. yeah. Um, And and what we do is we make sure the same philosophy is there. So the coaches still very much talk to to their members on Zoom. They can chat in the chat box. They can comment with each other. Some people don't want to have their camera on. Some people do. Some people just don't even want to engage. They want to go on a walk and listen to it in their ears um, whilst they're walking the dog. So different people want to engage in different ways. But our coaches who are fully trained by us Um, are absolutely taught about the importance of connecting with their members and helping members connect with each other. For me, one of the most valuable tools we've got is is an area called Connect. It's like a social space. And our members go in there and they post pictures, progress, it's all about, you look awesome, well done, go for for it. That's what we need more, um, to support each other in positive ways. And what we want to do is to find ways that people can support each other, whether it's weight loss, getting fitter, weight management, um, getting more sleep, drinking more water. It's how do we use the community you know, to help do that? I just think that's such a great point.
0: Are we going to now rely more on our communities that we're curating with the brands that we love and the organizations or missions that we believe in,
2: rather than going to the wider big boys? you know and that's that's going to be an interesting thing to watch isn't it i think it's going to be really interesting and it kind of goes back to that whole concept of things like book clubs and stuff isn't it yes. where there's a safety in that group and i think that that people want that they want they want to stay connected with each other they want that sense of comfort and you're right we're we're overwhelmed by brands offering us different things all the time and mm-hmm. and as a consumer you have to be quite savvy at, you know, what is it that it's going to offer me that is going to be of real value. And as brands, we have to take responsibility about being really clear about what is the benefit of what yes. our brand can offer. And oh, yeah. and, and so for me, there's a lot in partnerships. So Some, yeah. sometimes you need to think, what am I excellent about? And what we're excellent about is anything to do with weight management we're the best honestly we know a lot we've got years of it we're based on science uh we understand it's about your mindset it's about your physical activity now are we the experts at the moment in um you know fitness training in terms of getting people to do cardio classes no so what we do is we need to partner with brands like fit on or other brands out there and say you're excellent at that how can we but our members want it. Yep. So how can we help our members get what they want but you know being smart about how we deliver that. So we've worked with brands like Headspace, uh, FitOn, um lots of great brands that deliver excellent services and it's fun working with other brands. It's so much fun and also if you think about it for all
0: small businesses out there thinking about this think of it as your business friends. I just want to go to a few comments Anna we've had quite a few We have Sandra C. Smith, I love, love WW, it works. Uh, Linda Sunday Best, I've been a lifetime member since reaching my goal almost 30 years ago. Wow. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Fiona Dawson, the WW community support is so valuable. I mean, what lovely comments. Oh, and so
2: I- nice to hear, absolutely. I've
0: got a question from you, Phil. I wanted to mention, we talked about leadership. On my podcast in recent weeks, I've had two brilliant um, founder CEOs, Will Beckett, founder of Hawksmoor, incredible restaurant chain, and Taymor, who's the founder of Papier, incredible stationery brand. And um, Both of them talked about their leadership and, You know, be a leader of five people, 5,000 people, when you look, and from your amazing career, when you've you've been around leaders, what do you think are those main attributes that you look for, um, and in yourself, for good leadership?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, the thing that's always inspired me is people that I think are approachable, um, that don't intimidate me, that allow me, have allowed me to... Put my opinion out there because the one thing i genuinely believe is right from the start of my career i had a, ideas about things that i would do differently and i never had the confidence to put those ideas on mm. the table because i thought someone would say like who are you you don't understand the business crazy and what i've realized is as you go through is i probably know a little bit more now but not a whole lot more but i have a lot more confidence so the, the leaders that have inspired me are people that have allowed me to have a voice, to have an opinion, that haven't made me feel stupid, um, and you know also have challenged me. So I, I've learned a lot of techniques along the way, but my style and the culture that I'm building at, at WW is one that is open, honest, uh, transparent, human, yeah. vulnerable, emotional. We work for an incredibly emotional brand. You know, we, we deal with people that are worried about having their photo taken because they don't like what they look like or nervous mm-hmm. about meeting anyone or falling mm-hmm. in love or or having children or big, big things in people's lives. We're dealing with that every day and we're helping these people. So our team feels very passionate about our brand and therefore it's it's on us to say it's good to feel emotions you can make other people feel yeah. good and, yeah. and follow that way. So that's the kind of leader I am. Isn't You're it? a goodie. I mean, well, I you, know.
0: Know, you are a goodie. Sahar Hashimi, who were, uh, founded Coffee Republic um, many years ago, you know, she said that this is the age, and anyone who came to Congregation of Inspiration last year, she stood up on stage and she said, this is the age of the female leader so, you know, we we have this innate ability to connect with people, to understand emotion. The most amazing brands are the most emotional ones, the ones that pull on our heartstrings, the ones where you are dealing with someone's confidence to get changed in the morning. And it is if you can build a brand that has heartstrings connected. Now that that's the dream. That's the dream we should all go for. Isn't it, it is the dream.
2: And it's what you've done very well. I mean, the amount of, it's the personalised connections as well, you know. And again at Disney, Disney is an, is about telling great stories with yeah. heart. And I think particularly in this coronavirus stage, we all need to show more heart, more emotion, not feel afraid of it. And also I'd like to champion taboo subjects too. You know, like for me in the office, some of the stuff I talk about quite openly is like the menopause yes i'm nearly 50 it's something that's affecting me why is it something i should be ashamed of if i'm sat in a meeting and have a hot flush or whatever or i'm a bit irrational or i'm emotional my son leaving college people need to know that those are things that um affecting me every day and and we've got to have confidence talking about them so other people feel okay that they're going through it too and that Um, would be
0: exactly the spark won't it so you're a cmo you know small businesses have small budgets you know and how do you cut through because you must be going through this with
2: ww at the moment so first of all creative is really important and getting the right creative is really tough uh we've made mistakes we've got a tv ad out at the moment that's that's good it's probably not cutting through as much as i'd like it to so what we're doing is looking at it what needs improving and and the thing that resonates most at the moment is People want real, something that I can really resonate with. Don't make it too polished. And, and also, what we sometimes fall foul of is we've got a lot to say. Um, There's so much. We've got to make sure that we don't overwhelm people. Yes. So it's cutting up the creative so that you might have uh, a piece of content that just talks about the importance of you know, getting fit and active or, or promoting the podcast. or but But don't overwhelm people. So for us, what we've learned is lots of different creatives going on. If it's not working, quickly change it. Um, And you can do that with digital and social. You can be much more um, agile. And then from a media platform perspective, um, TV is still a really valuable platform for us. It's an expensive platform. You know, we don't have huge marketing budgets. um, But when we use TV, it really works for us. Um, And we do use um, social and search and and all of those tools are very useful. I'd say PR and using ambassadors and influencers in as, you know, authentic way. You know, we're trying to make sure we work with people that, you know, really believe it. And one of the ones that surprised me is we signed Robbie Williams a few years ago before I joined. And I and I honestly thought when I came in, is he really? gonna be on the program i've met him now four or five times he is the nicest guy he is absolutely on the program so is his wife he talks about the food he's he's genuinely authentic about the program and he reaches a different audience for us but you you have to work with people that genuinely believe in your product but it can be terribly terribly powerful and then for me the last one that i mentioned earlier that is really really valuable is partnerships it's a lot less heavy lifting yourself and both yeah. brands can win. And I think there's something really exciting in that. Oh, and, and that's such good advice. My God, thank you so much. Thanks, Holly. That was so thank, much fun. Thank Lovely so- to meet you. Bye.
0: I just adored speaking to Anna. I mean, what an inspirational leader. And her insights were just so powerful. So many tangible tips, especially when trying to navigate the digital space. A notoriously difficult area, actually, to really get a grip on. So I was so happy that she so clearly broke those tactics down for us. Myself and the whole team felt so inspired after my chat with Anna. I can't wait to see how WW evolves under her leadership. After many years mentoring small businesses and championing women founders, the imposter syndrome is something that comes up as a consistent reason as to why women are holding back from building their own businesses. Fueling this imposter syndrome is a fear of tech. And so together with Dell Technologies, we want to take the first steps in empowering women in business. So each week, I'll be giving away an award-winning Dell XPS laptop and lots of other small business goodies to cheerlead you on your journey. This week's winner is Jilly, founder of Sally's Sunflowers, and she wrote, I'm Jilly, designer, maker and founder of Sally's Sunflowers by Jilly Page Jewelry, which I set up eight months ago after the loss of my best friend of 38 years, Sally. Sally spent her final days being cared for by the most caring and compassionate staff at the Primrose and it just seems so right to pledge support to the children's bereavement team in Sally's memory. During the final months of Sally's illness, we talked both frankly and openly of her wishes and how she would like to be remembered and she made me promise not to give up on my business's dreams. In her memory, and as a thank you to Primrose team, I began making keepsake silver sunflower charms, donating 100% of the profit to Primrose funds. Each piece in the collection is inspired by things that Sally loved, relaxing weekend clothing for watching her beloved son play rugby, so therefore cosy sweatshirts, hoodies and T-shirts were a must, a foldable canvas tote bag for those impulse shopping trips, and boy, that girl could turn shopping into an Olympics, sport. My ultimate goal would be to set up Sally Sunflowers Foundation, working alongside her son Ben to raise funds and work with children's bereavement support teams nationwide, offering informal events for children and teenagers to gather and just be with other children and teenagers who understand each other and each other's feelings. I currently work from my iPad and phone as my very old and trusty MacBook has finally ceased to function. I'd love to be able to put a proper system in place digitally instead of relying on my many, many notebooks, although I can never resist beautiful stationery. Ultimately, I want to bring Sally Sunflowers to a wider audience and help Sally Sunflowers bloom and grow. I'm so thrilled to announce you as the winner this week, Jilly. To follow Jilly and her business, you can find her at Sally Sunflowers. So for you to be in with a chance, all you have to do is email us in your story of why winning would change your business journey. We want creative and soulful tales of how you want to be empowered to take the next steps. You can email us at techinabox at holly.co or for all other details on how to enter, just head over to holly.co. Each week, I will pick a winner and share their story right here on this very podcast. Wishing you all the luck. Talking to such brilliant and strong women in positions of leadership, I wanted to revisit my most favourite ever description of leadership, the wonderful Will Butler Adams, CEO of Brompton Bikes. It was one of the most fun interviews as I took a spin on an electric Brompton and I forever reflect on this interview with a smile on my face.
1: To me, leadership starts with having a clear passion for where you want to go then it is about realizing pretty early on and I've tried to make this the way we work at Brompton that I'll give you an example if you employ somebody so I employ somebody who um, knows what a Raspberry Pi is which I thought was a cake you could eat and, and understands Python which I thought was a snake so one of them is some mini computer and the other one is some coding language So I need those skills to to, to get us where I wanna go. So I go out and I recruit and I put a job description out. Somebody has all this knowledge I don't have. So when that person rocks up and they say to me, so what do you want me to do? I look at them like they're a complete frog. And I say, well, there's no point asking me that, mate. I haven't got a flipping clue. That's why I employed you, you muppet. I've got no idea what I want you to do. I just know that I wanna get there. Now, what you need to do is tell me what you need to get us there. So my job, having decided where we're going, is to work for my staff to give them the ability to fulfill their potential to help us get there. But it is in no way to march around telling people what to do because I haven't got a clue. And you need to be vulnerable. You need to give away the the, the shining light because I'm not measured on me. I'm measured on all. So Mm. the way I have success is by everyone feeling like they were the one. They're the shining Mm. star. Mm. And give up your stars and sprinkle them over everybody else so that they can all be stars. And then, of course, we will shine.
0: My next guest was Marisa Horden, founder of Missima. If you have not visited her site, I'm warning you now, it is a total but very beautiful rabbit hole. We met for the first time very recently at an Every Woman event and I immediately knew that I absolutely had to get her onto SME SMESOS, the podcast. She was incredibly generous with her insights from the power of saying no to the pitfalls of white labelling and the alternative to trade shows. It was just fantastic hi how are you? hi <laughs> i want to jump straight in okay. because we met only last week didn't yes. we on a panel for every woman what a joy to meet you there and since then i've been down a masoma rabbit hole i would love to go back to the beginning because many people here might not know how you started because you've always had a fascination of gemstones and yes. it was only after sort of well you had a hobby didn't you but you also had a corporate job that you quit yeah.
3: so I came out of university and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I'd always loved gemstones, as you said. I've been collecting them since I was five. My bedroom was like surrounded by crystals. And wow. everyone was like, where do you get your energy from? And the big joke was the crystals. So I was um, beating around the kitchen table with my mum as, as a hobby, as a passion. So I do think that the side hustle, which now has become that big word, is basically, I suppose, what I had. It was a hobby. Yeah. Passion turned hobby turned home
0: business it took off all very quickly and you were seeing huge successes in places like Harrods and Harvey Nichols. Um, But you decided that you needed to reflect, is this right? Because you went traveling and then when you came back, you decided that Masoma was now going to primarily be direct to customers. Now that would have been, a really big deal. I can imagine making that decision. I, I can only imagine. Yeah,
3: definitely. I think, you know, it's learning the power of no. And yes. saying no sometimes is so much more powerful than trying to be like, yes, 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 I can fulfill that. I can deliver that. And, you know, yes, I want to be there and seen on this person and in this magazine. I think that, yes, you have to let go of all of that and say, well, what's right for the business and how do you scale it up? So I was in this position whereby we were in all the best, you know, department stores. We were in all these amazing magazines and, you know, it, it was out there, and seemingly it was, it was doing well. pretty good. People were talking about it, but yeah. it was very difficult to actually make money. And we were struggling to break even. And the stresses of the, you know, the cash flow, the outgoings, the ingoings. I mean, we've all had it. And wholesale makes that very difficult. And then you realize that you're exhausted from doing, like I was saying, all those international trade shows. I mean, it's exhausting. But after a while, you realize I'm a busy fool. Yeah, but not making the margins you 're not able to scale up you 're not seeing you know the cash flow, and you just realize there 's got to be an easier and better way to do this and I think that 's when I decided to go away and reevaluate and think how can I make this work for me as
0: much as actually also- for everyone else we can scale up and, um, also, and and you must have also had those moments where you 're in Paris, you know you 're selling a luxury brand or, or something so you know beautiful. And yet, you're slightly not telling a lie, yeah. but the, there was a reality that you were holding. And I think yeah. a lot of us can fall into that trap where, oh, isn't that great? We've got this many followers, or we've got this, or we've got that. Actually, is my business working? And does it work yeah. for me? Is this long-term? Is this going to be, you know, am I gonna be able to retire in my business?
3: I think I was always very honest about it. I, I had a lot of friends who started out around the same time as me, as me, and they actually, would always tell me you know about you know how many sales they did and how much they were doing and i always felt like the really unsuccessful friend and i was like oh we're not doing that well and oh good. and then i realized years later that it was all smoke, smoke and mirrors and all of these brands even the biggest luxury brands that you see they are not making money baking it till yeah. they make it yes so anyway going back to when we then decided to go online i was like right we're going to you know really focus on our own online shop this was quite early on when you know online wasn't still that that big we're not going to do any of these wholesale trade shows we're not going to focus on wholesale. it's not just the margins but then you've got the stock swaps and you've got the marketing discounts the marketing contribution i mean it just becomes draining and also i was busy because i was doing a lot of private label as well designing and manufacturing and delivering to other brands so basically wow. all my energy doing that and um we decided, okay, where are we gonna find our audience? And how are we gonna speak directly to them? And how, you know, because that's the thing, when it was wholesale, we couldn't control how it looked. So we were like, we want to show it the way we want it to be seen, the way we know it should be worn. And we also made it more about the look and the lifestyle than about the product.
0: And it was about sort of going back to what you really want it to be. I've got a few comments. Mrs. Marvelous, this is so refreshing to hear. I have a question by Munchy Plan. What can you do now that trade shows aren't happening? It's I mean, look, it's
3: harder. I haven't done trade shows in a really long time. So I'm probably not the best question, you know, person to answer this. Yeah. You know, I believe in going direct anyway to the stores. Um, all of our stockers we, you know, we actually got directly. I would say there were very few we got through a trade show, even in the old days. And by the way, Trade shows nowadays, but well, I really shouldn't be bashing trade shows, but... Just uh, say it. In it's the okay. old days, it's okay. We won't say it. I have a friend who works in trade shows. I'm like, please send that? I see this. Um, in the old days, they used to place their orders at the trade show. Now, yes. they come and look at it, and they say, oh, I'll think about it, and then we'll have a meeting. So you're going direct anyway, because, you know, you have to go back for a meeting where you close it. So you end up not
0: closing any deals in a trade show, which basically means you paid for it for marketing. And I think we mentioned this, didn't we, on the Every Woman panel. It was when we were talking, someone asked us about um, apprenticeships and getting a job. And I think both of us were singing from the same hymn sheet where it was that personal relation to how do you stand out? And I think it's the same, isn't it, as finding stockists. You know, it's
3: yeah, I've got a good idea for you. So first of all, we still can't get in touch with a lot of department stores, you know, like more globally that we don't know. And we're going, how can we get in touch with them? And, you know, we're like, shall we send them a, a, a you know piece to try on? And shall we send them a few samples? Now, then it becomes difficult because they're not at their desks. We actually are um, about to go with uh, a wholesale agent. So I would suggest that as well. They have the contact they have the distribution what i would do is say you've got to negotiate down the commission you've got to take out all existing business that are your own contract and then you've got to make sure you're not tied into a three-year contract or um you've got to make sure that anything after you know you leave you're not still paying commission on so you've got to be careful of all those you know, the so you're talking about the commission that that agent, the wholesale agent the wholesale might take. Agent. You've got to be really careful of those contracts because I have heard pitfalls of people then signing something and not realizing, you know, you will make mistakes. And even now, 12 years on, I'm still making mistakes. Yeah. And that- Hey, you've just got to
0: learn and move on and we've and we become better at making mistakes don't we in terms of we realize I remember some of the first mistakes that Sophie and I would make it not in the high street we literally thought the world was going to end and then after a while of you know effing up quite a lot and yes. um, you realize actually it's okay we're going to get through this yeah and you
3: move on fast that's what you got to do you've got to recover fast yes. and So I also, the reason why I wanted to come on and chat with you, Holly, is because I love being able to tell people as much as I can what I've learned from my mistakes. Because if I can save anyone from making all the bloody
0: mistakes (laughs) I've made. It's, It's so refreshing. Thank you for doing this because it really is beautiful. And the other thing I would say, and I don't know if you agree, I really hope that we continue to make mistakes, which means that we're going to continue to do things that are new. And yes. us as founders are still having an exciting journey. Um, I've got a few comments, Evelyn and Rose, this is so helpful. I've never heard of a wholesale agent. Thank you very much. Um, I like
3: what I've just seen saying, currently watching from a
0: Sainsbury's line.
3: <laughs> I love that multitasking.
0: I have another question for you. You know, if we're on this journey, um, you know, for a longer period of time, our sustainability, how yeah. we actually treat the planet, what we're doing. And I, I bang on about it. And I always feel I bang on about it too much, but I know that there's no, is never too much. Well, I think probably it's not, but it's, it's I bang on about it because actually it's smart business. Um, and I think it's about doing it. We, I always say
3: one step at a time, like we can't do everything. We're not perfect as long as you have a plan. You have incremental improvements that you're putting in place. And then you also need to be honest where you don't meet them. So for example, you know, we are eradicating plastic from our, um, uh, you know, our customer journey. So we're taking out the outer plastic bag that, you know, you get the FedEx delivery in or you get the EPD delivery in. And so then we produced a new um, fully recyclable box. But then the other day I heard that, Someone, not someone, there is now a new kind of way of opening those boxes because they don't have the plastic outer, they're being opened under the seal, taking out the goods, resealing it, and then the customer's getting an empty box, right? So then we've got a terrible customer journey and I'm like, we're trying to do the right thing here and now someone's got a new way of going through that sealed box
0: you know you just try and do right and it is it's so difficult and I think again we just have to have the courage to maybe go backwards to go forwards again but we can just try and do small things that
3: you know um
0: can help yeah you still are such a um a founder you know even though you've been doing this for such a long period of time now you're like you've still got that entrepreneurial way of speaking you're like you know what i can't be perfect right now but this is what we're going to do after 12 years and for those who are starting out maybe listening for those who might be feeling it right now you know things might not going well tell me what you think keeps you going it's one of the things i love and one of the things i miss the most um
3: working with my team like honestly collaborating with my team and I, I'm one of these people, I react to people's energy. So I love good energy. I don't, you know, like negative energy. I'm always about, well, what are we going to solve today? Not, oh, god, another problem. It's all about how you think about it. So I really miss like brainstorming with the team if it's a strategic brainstorm. And, you know, and also I love, you know, seeing them grow, um, inspiring them and learning from them. I'm now at that stage where I'm learning from so many talents in the business. And I love learning from new every day. It's fascinating.
0: The There's such a power in people, isn't there? And, and team when we believe in things. You've been so generous with all your advice. My God, everyone's going, everyone's going nuts. I'm going to let you go, but I just want okay, to fine. say thank yeah. you so oh, much. Thank you. Thank, thank you for being awesome a genius, me. and um, for done. being a powerful, wonderful, optimistic woman um, <laughs> in this, this era of female entrepreneurship. Thank you, Lots of love, bye. Wow, I mean, feel that energy. I know everyone who watched this loved this conversation. So to watch the full interview, just head over to my IGTV. Mistakes are a very tricky path to navigate. They can feel like endless hurdles. And I loved Marisa's honesty in still getting it wrong even 12 years on i don't know about you but my head is really in christmas 2021 and looking ahead and if 2020 has taught us anything it will be that things don't always go to plan you know already at holly and co i'm changing plans i'm facing delays i'm facing cancellations and moving projects back by a few months and we haven't even entered 2021. i mean younger holly would be tearing her hair out at Already being off plan before the plans had even started. But nearly 20 years into this journey, I am a little wiser, and my friends called hindsight and perspective have a big role to play in my life. So, my advice to you is to have the confidence that your plans will happen. Things will be delayed, projects will fall by the wayside, but be confident that you are on the right track and everything is happening exactly as it should. You will look back in one, five or ten years on the most glorious good life journey and the hours you spent wasted worrying about things not going to plan will pale into insignificance. Trust in the timings of your own life. Chrissy Rucker, founder of The White Company, described the building of her business like the story of the tortoise and the hare brick by brick, in her own time, at her own pace. And it is this careful and considered approach to the growth of her business that has stood her in the strongest stead." Speaking of the White Company, the SME SOS podcast continues next week with Mary Homer, CEO of the White Company, and Wayne Hemingway, designer and co-founder of Red or Dead. And on Monday, I will be welcoming the wonderful and colourful Annie Sloan to Conversations of Inspiration. The podcast is going from strength to strength. It is my absolute honour to bring you these incredible stories each week, so you know what I'm going to ask can I ask you to spread the word, bore people down at the supermarket, share with your friends, recount the founder stories with your family, like comment and review on iTunes, it all helps and you know what at the end of the day it will help more founders navigate their own journey and it will help me continue to bring you inspiring stories. Sending you so much love for the rest of the week. I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you, Del, for helping us bring this free podcast to life. And if you want to hear all about the latest experts joining me, follow me on Instagram at Holly Tucker and sign up to my weekly email or head to holly.co to find out more.
1: Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown find that all the things that I have said will come to when you are lying in your bed. And if you want your friends to come,